Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. Alongside me is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today we're back in the studio and welcoming Sean Shepard. Sean, how's it going today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep, glad you came up. I appreciate that. It's a great program that you have. Sean is the founder and CEO of the nonprofit organization Embrace, which utilizes community service to create environments that allow people from all walks of life to spend quality time together working toward a common cause. The organization has attracted the participation partnership of 32 law enforcement entities on the local, state, and federal levels with their signature experiential learning model called Game Changer. Game Changer brings together these law enforcement officials along with community members and both the judicial and legislative branches of the government for moderated focus groups. Again, Sean, I want to thank you for coming in here. Uh, Sean and I go back a little bit. When I was the uh, president of the San Diego Police Officers Association, he came into my POA as uh, requesting uh, some assistance yeah. and help yeah. in uh, kicking off the program. I don't know if you kicked it off in San Diego, but I think you might have. You were at the first event, Brian. At <laughs> at at San Diego State, uh, December twelfth, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Since then, it's it's grown quite a bit, and it's actually um, I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe you can talk a little bit about it, but just from my perspective, I thought it was a really unique opportunity to have uh, peace officers, deputies, police officers sitting down with general community members, having a conversation about uh, police community relations, and then afterwards going to a sporting event and cheering for a team. So, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit how how did you come up with this idea and two. You know, how's it been going since that first one? So I came up with the idea because uh, the media at the time was really just spotlighting a bunch of officer-involved shootings. This was around the Trayvon Martin case. And I just saw a number of interviews on television where they were bringing in famous people for whatever reason and asking them what their take was on the latest shooting. And and after every single interview was about to wrap up, they'd ask that person, well, what do you think should be done to solve the problem? And they all said, I don't know. And I thought to myself, well, if you don't know, why'd they bring you on to be interviewed? <laughs> you know, if you don't have a solution to the problem, you just there to talk about the problem. So I was really distraught about the the racial wedge that was jammed and inserted into the the problem and and that that wedge predates all of us i mean a lot of the problems that we're experiencing now go back to the formation of this country and so if you think about it we're at a point in our nation's history where we're still we still have fewer years as a free country than we do as a slave country and it explains a lot of issues that we have in in our in our country especially as it relates to to law enforcement i mean the, the laws that were on the books a long time ago, guess who was slated with addressing those pro, those laws and, 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 and enforcing those laws? Whether you agreed with the laws or not, law enforcement, and you can say the same thing about today, your job is to enforce the law that people make, well, here in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C. 
And my background is in sports. You know, I, I wasn't here five minutes and what were we talking about amongst everybody here? We're talking about some sport, whether it's we just got done talking about football. Right. Yeah. And before that, we were talking about hockey. And we can say today that sports brings people together, whether it's the fans or the people on the team. But if you go back 70 years ago, that still wasn't the case. So your favorite sports hockey, right? Your favorite sports hockey. What's your favorite sport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not a hockey guy. Not much of a hockey guy. You know, if uh, spectator sport, probably football. Okay, so I, I want to go with, with, with hockey because I have a, a very good relationship with Willie O'Ree. Oh, he's great. So Willie O'Ree broke the color barrier in, in the NHL, and everybody celebrates Willie for doing that. But yet nobody asked the question, well, why was a color barrier have had, what, why did a color barrier have to be broken in the first place? It's a game. So at some point, there were white guys that didn't want to play hockey with anybody other than white guys. And then one day they decided, well, we're going to let Willie play. Well, hooray. I find that to be problematic. And it's part of the problems that exist in this country. But if you if you look at it really closely, we're talking about team sports. Well, law enforcement, regardless of the size of your department, it's a team. And we've gone from all the teams being all white until today. Well, now you have teams, and for the most part, especially in major cities, your teams are, are, are comprised of, of everyone now. And people are still getting used to that, inside and outside of law enforcement. They're getting used to new laws. They're getting used to having female officers and, and Asian officers. And the problem is because we don't spend time with one another. If we spend time with one another, like you do on a, a football team in particular, you discover that jackasses come in every size, shape, color, gender, but the majority of people are not jackasses, right? Yeah, correct. The problem is not enough people get to experience a team that is comprised of everyone. And law enforcement has now reached a point, and I call this point in our nation's history, the golden age of law enforcement, because it's as diverse as it's ever been. And law enforcement is now at the table wanting to communicate and see how they can make things better inside and out. And I think that our program has come along at a, at a great point in our nation's history because you have people inside and outside of law enforcement that want to make things better because we all want to live in safe communities. We all want to live in uh, communities where we can feel a, a sense of, of belonging. Uh, I don't want to see members of law enforcement shot and killed, and I don't want to see members of the general public shot and killed. We live in a violent country. We always have. And so it's those elements of society and law enforcement community relations that caused me to say, okay, my background is in sports as a player and as a coach. I see the social dynamics, the positive social dynamics that take place when you're on a team or when you're at the stadium watching your team play. You got strangers high-fiving and hugging and spilling beer on each other. Uh, the problem is when the game is over, we all go back to our little bubbles until the next game. So I figured if we brought people together in a neutral environment, whether it's a San Diego State game, a Fresno State game, a Stanford University, the Ducks, the, the Rams. Let's start out on a level where we're all in agreement. We want to see this game. Most of us are fans of the home team. It's a lot easier to come together in that environment and talk about serious issues than it is for 
many law enforcement agencies who I, I've discovered have, have kind of given up on trying to get the community to come to them. They don't trust the, they don't trust the cops. They don't trust law enforcement, so they're not going. So very early on in our, our program's history, I was receiving feedback from different law enforcement agencies saying, well, at the very least, you've demonstrated that you can bring us all together. But what takes place when we're together is, is really the most important thing where we talk about problems and then we spend time in small groups talking about solutions to those problems. If we're not going to come up with solutions, and why spend time together? We can talk about problems and complain till the cows come home. Let's take a step back. So to let people know, when you plan an event, you are partnering with a law enforcement agency or a couple, or a couple and then you reach out into the community to get people there. So they, they meet before the event, they have a conversation, they break bread, and then after the event, they go to, or after the uh, the discussion, then they go to the, the event, the sporting event. Yep, so I'll take you through a run of show. Yeah, why, why don't we do that? So we have seven members of law enforcement and about 15 members of the general public come together three hours before the start of a collegiate or professional sporting event. When they walk in the door, they'll find their name placard and they'll sit down and they'll fill out a waiver form that allows us to use their image and likeness. And then they will take a pre-perception survey. So we're gathering baseline data on what the cops and what the non-cops think about law enforcement community relations. And then our moderator will take everyone through what they can expect and what the rules of engagement are at a game changer event. What's acceptable behavior and what's unacceptable behavior. Then we conduct an icebreaker where we have folks get together in groups of two or three and come up with five things that they have in common. And then each group reports back. And that really gets people a little bit more comfortable with one another and used to talking with one another. Then we start talking about problems. And we'll talk about problems that exist or problems that are perceived to exist for about an hour. We break for, for dinner and we spend the rest of the time eating in small groups that must consist of at least one member of law enforcement and each group gets to pick what problem they want to address and they have about a half hour, 40 minutes to come up with five solutions to that problem. And then each group reports back. Then we go around the room and give everyone a chance to share one thing that they have learned as a result of spending time together that they didn't know before they came in. We do that we take a group picture and then we go to the game and the game is really an important component to the program because it's a it's a much more casual environment for people to talk in when you go to a game with your buddy you're watching the game but you're talking about life at the game. It's really where you get a chance to to get to know one another. And so Post heard about our program and we're now a Post accredited law enforcement community relations model that all members of California law enforcement who have a Post ID will receive five hours of community policing, continuing education units through Game Changer. And they'll also receive two hours of interpersonal communication, CEUs. And it really is a result of the time we spend talking and listening to one another in a formal environment, which is the focus group, and then at the game, which is an informal environment. Yeah, it's a really neat program that you got going. I mean, communication is probably the hardest thing we do, irregardless of what the issue is, is trying to get our message across in a way that the other person understands where we're coming from. And it's funny you mentioned the team sports and just how you learn real quick when you're in a team um, how different everybody is. Right. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about that, what made me think about, and Brian and I share this, is, you know, going in the military. And when you go in the military, you're really subjected to, you know, every race, culture, economic background there is. And you kind of learn about people in a different way, in a close quarters type of way that I think helps, at least it helped me, um, educate you about, you know, just 
differences that we have. You know, grow up in California, we're pretty blessed. You know, for the most part, um, our communities are fairly diverse. Uh, most of us didn't grow up with the, I mean, everybody has bias, but the biases that you see in some of the different areas of the country where it's still a, a really bad issue that, you know, it's a it's a complete foreign concept for, for a lot of us to say, well, I, I'm not going to go play that game because so-and-so's there, you know. It, it is now. It I is mean, now. But I mean, I mean yep. but for, for, for a lot of us in California, that's something that's kind of foreign to us, but we know it still exists and it's and it's something that we have to address. And I think this is a neat way to do that. It is. And, you know, it's funny when I was when I was flying here, I was thinking about the, the military as well. And, you know, historically, not everyone could serve in the military. Mm -hmm. We're still dealing with that now. Right. Right. Yeah. And the great thing about sports is... If you're good at your position, if you're the best at your position, the team will want you. And if somehow we could convince corporate America to look at the great success that the, the sports league have, whether it's it's FIFA, the NBA, the NFL, where you have people coming from completely different walks of life and they're able to spend each day with one another focused on a common cause, which is winning game. And some teams are better than it at others. But the bottom line is, if you're good at playing left tackle, you're going to get a shot. And if you don't make the team, it's because somebody else is better than you. That's the way it's supposed to be. And with law enforcement, again, we're going back to a team environment. You have people who are better at their jobs than other people are. And when we were in Virginia two weeks ago today at Virginia Commonwealth University, we had a cop say something that I had never heard before. And he said, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. True statement. Yeah, very true. So when he said that, I, I'm a I'm audible gasp guy. I just went, hmm because it's a powerful statement. I'm used to hearing members of law enforcement say similar things, but to those folks who had never spent any time with law enforcement ever, to hear them say that, people don't realize how therapeutic it is and cathartic it is for members of the general public to hear members of law enforcement believe things and say things that they too believe. Yeah. You know, I sat on a, as an advisory committee uh, for law enforcement in Fresno and there was, and it's different walks of life, different parts of the community in there. It's a closed setting and they were given a different view of, you know, how the department works and, you know, internal affairs and all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was interesting to see that they were, they were very shocked that law enforcement, we fire people all the time. We just don't go and broadcast it, that there is a, that we fire a lot of people in law well, enforcement you, you, and it's, they were shocked by it. Well, you started out by saying that communication is, it's an issue. And one of the things that Summer Stefan, the DA in, in San Diego, was very intrigued by was doing a better job of notifying the general public, maybe on a quarterly basis, of how law enforcement is indeed policing itself. You know, with, with, with certain stipulations in place in terms of anonymity and unless you break the law. But if, if the general public knew on a regular basis that law enforcement is policing itself. Yeah, the other part of that was that that shocked them was the majority of the complaints were internal. They didn't come from an external source. It was another officer's complaining about a different officer. That's where those investigations came from. And they think that there's this blue wall of mm -hmm. silence and um, you have officer after officer sharing that I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice my career for mm -hmm. somebody who is doing something. Well, it makes us all look bad when, and it's uh, we don't want them in the, in the profession, especially in this day and age where we really need um, the public support. Absolutely. And the only way you're going to get that support is if the public, the general public has a better understanding of the profession and the people within the profession. And in order to do that, you got to bring them, you have to bring us together. So we're doing this in person. And then we're also 
in the process of working with the Department of Homeland Security to develop a, a prototype for a virtual technology branch of Game Changer. So I'm not going to get too deep into that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. But but uh, I, I will, I'll definitely keep Brian abreast yeah, as absolutely. what we're doing. Appreciate that. I know um, you've talked about, you know, the, there's the forms that are filled out before the event, mm-hmm. then you do an after yeah, uh, fill out, right, you're collecting right, right. that I'm evidence. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot, when we get to the game, that's when people take their post-perception survey. Yeah, and I think that's important because, you know, we've really been stressing up here, Damon and I, uh, is pushing Porak into to doing more research, and, and you're you're getting the information that now just needs to be analyzed. Yes. And um, I know down in San Diego, my department's working with Dr. Goff out of, uh, out of New York. I definitely want to introduce you to him. I think he might be interested in this type of data because I think your program uh, obviously has a lot of merit. It's bringing people together. It's having that conversation. You're dispelling the myths on both sides. Yes. With, within police and within the community and and we're and you're getting some hard data that we can analyze and use that on a, on a go forth basis so I think that's exciting that you're collecting that data I think posts will be happy to to get some of that information too so where where do you see the program moving now I know you're you're expanding to other agencies is there like a next level for this you talked about the virtual pieces there but is this you know is there a possibility of, of you know maybe having multiple programs going at the same time and variety of locations is that a possibility it's it's a it's a goal but since you know the feedback that we've received from state and federal government is that nobody's doing what we're doing well i'm saying your organization does it have the capacity of some future time to be doing it in multiple states at one time as we speak no but with resources Yes, and that whole technology piece is is going to enable us to leverage the amount of people that we're, we're able to bring together. I mean, we've reached a point where, as I shared with you in the car, Brian, we have over 1,000 unique participants, and we've only done an analysis on 446. So San Diego State University's Institute of Public Health did our first data analysis in 2018, and it wasn't a, an, it wasn't a thorough analysis. It was it probably did a, like a a quarter of what could have been done. But now that we're at a thousand, if you ask any researcher, that's a ridiculously healthy number to do a study on. And and so we're looking forward to seeing if this next analysis is as encouraging as the first analysis, because the first analysis demonstrated that this program program does indeed change perceptions of participants and changes the behavior of participants, which is what we want. We just want, we want more peaceful outcomes between law enforcement and the general public. And in order to do that, we're going to have to change behavior. And in order to do that, we have to change people's perceptions. Yeah. And I think it comes down to just an overall general respect for everybody involved. Um, and, and like you said, to get the peaceful outcome, there has to be some modicum of respect amongst us to where, you know, we're having a contact and, you know, if we're having a, a mutual conversation that there's a healthy respect for me, there's a healthy respect for you. So it doesn't escalate and become either a fight or a deadly force incident to where we can have a conversation and, and we can both go our separate ways 
is, you know, doing what we're doing. So I think that's good in a sense of, of having all of these people come together and having that conversation. My other question for you is obviously, you know, uh, Super Bowl was just recently. There was some NFL player association is involved in a lot of the uh, criminal justice reform type stuff. Well, it's not the NFL. It's the players, players association. Use, right. It's not the NFL player. Have you have you had any contact with any of the pro sports figures themselves or their organizations to to maybe want to jump in on this and, and be a participant? Because I think this is a great opportunity for us to build that foundation uh, with those individuals to also dispel some of the myths that they may have because of the occupation that they're in. It's a great question. And in order to answer the question, I, I first have to know the answer to what is their ultimate intent, Yeah. right? Right. Because if you watch the Super Bowl, the com- one of the commercials that they ran was with Anquan Bolden, who used to play, well, he's from Florida. I think he played for Phoenix. Well, our first major media hit was with the NFL Network and Anquan Bolden. He came to our event at Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio, and I haven't talked to him since. I, he, I haven't said a word to him since. So I agree with you. What we're doing should be of interest to the NFL in particular. But, you know, I, I, can't, I can't worry about what they're doing. We're on the ground doing the work every day. And I know it's a matter of time before this model becomes attractive enough for whomever that wants to help us leverage the amount of people that we are impacting. And, you know, truth be told, we wouldn't have a program if law enforcement didn't want to get involved in it. And that's where I started. I, I started with Shelly. Right. That's uh, Chief Zimmerman, former chief of San Diego PD. Immediate past chief of San Diego, of the San Diego Police Department. And, and she and I, ironically enough, met through an Ohio State connection that we had. Uh-oh, Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Ohio State University. The Ohio. That's right. I forgot. Right. So, Sorry. I, I, so I, used to, I used to coach there, and, and she's an alum. And we were seated at a table celebrating a mutual friend's 25th year in the clergy. And she and I started talking and we discovered we had this Ohio State connection. And this happened when she was an assistant chief. Then uh, maybe a year and a half later, two years later, she becomes chief. And um, I presented this idea to her. She got it immediately. And, you know, the roots of this program are San Diego, California. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for 20 and 30 year veterans coming to me saying, veterans of law enforcement saying to me, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never participated in anything like this before. You know, you were talking about your guys were hesitant. Most members of law enforcement, when they are voluntold to go to a, a community relations event, they get yelled at for two hours. They don't get to respond and then the event is over. Well, you're not going to solve any problems that way. If anything, people are going to dig in a little bit further. And it really is a matter of taking the time out to spend time with one another. When you talk about trust, you can only trust things that you're familiar with and those things that give you a reason to trust them. Since our society is still pretty, even though it's diverse, we're still living in our own little ethnic, religious, political bubbles. And there's a lot more bubbles than that. Game Changer is popping all these bubbles so that you you turn around and you're looking and you realize we've always been in the same bubble. We've just created all these other little bubbles inside the big bubble. And once people, particularly teens, you know, part of our part of our model is including juvenile probationers as participants in, in all of our events. Well, you know, juvenile probationers, just the nature of them 
winding up incarcerated or on probation. Some are on probation. Well, no, you have to be incarcerated to be on probation. They've never spent any quality time with law enforcement. And conversely, we just did an event at Loyola Marymount University last week where we had a 20-year veteran of LAPD say during the focus group, he said, I have to admit, I have never spent time with juveniles that are currently incarcerated in my entire career. So this is a first for me. And the kids echoed that sentiment. They had never been, when they walked in the room, they didn't know, they weren't told what they were going to. And a couple of them, when they discovered they were in a room full of cops, <laughs> you know, I'm, I want to keep this PG, but a couple of the kids were like, what the, we're doing what? Are we in trouble again? And when they realized they weren't in trouble, that they had an opportunity as equals to, to, to voice their opinion that, that what they said counts. You saw a lot of people change in less than three hours. Very powerful program. When's your uh, when's your next one? Our next one is March 11th with the LA Kings. This is an LA Kings fan. Is he over there? He's over there. <laughs> so our next event is with the LA Kings, and then we just found out yesterday we're doing our first LA Lakers event on the 18th, and then uh, our first event with the Anaheim Ducks on March 20th. So we've got two two NHL events and our first NBA event. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks, uh, Sean, for, for coming in. And I think you do have a great program. Um, I know when you uh, brought it to San Diego, it was, it was, you know, you're trying to wrap your head around it. It's, it's so new. And I mean, it's completely out of the box and uh, what you're doing. And, and I want to thank you for, for the work that you're doing, because you really are bridging that gap between police, community, and, and trying to break down those barriers. So uh, glad I know you. I'm definitely going to be staying in contact about more information. Um, you know, maybe we can do another podcast in a year. I'd like to see where you're at in about a year uh, and where that's working at. So again, uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming in today. Uh, it was it was a pleasure and I'm, I'm happy to be here, happy to meet your team. Glad to know that everybody likes some sport here. I mean, it, it's really one of the things that connects us and, and we should take advantage of that connection that we have absolutely do you want to uh plug plug some of your social media stuff you got a facebook page oh yeah well um our social media instagram is game changer underscore usa and then on twitter game changer underscore usa facebook i think we're embrace one and we'll put all of that on our uh, on the site too but i just wanted to give you the opportunity to plug it and the, and the web address is yes. game changer the number one dot org GameChangerTheNumberOne.org. Yep, GameChanger1.org. Check it out. Do you have uh, photos and stuff of the events? Oh, yeah. All right. We love it. Well, thanks again. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of On the Job with Porak. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all social media platforms, and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to Porak.org, Porak.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization representing over 75,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out our archived monthly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever available. Lastly, we extend a thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 